on today's Padone My Take, we get in to Dak Prescott back with the Dallas Cowboys. Huge record-setting deal. That's going to have some impact. What's that mean for the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield? We get into our weekly Browns offseason watch. That continues. Tweet your questions. Drop your questions in the chat. We're going to answer those. Talk some Browns offseason. What's trending outside the world of sports? Give you my takes on all the trends around the world of sports. But first, an announcement that is here to stay. Padone My Take has merchandise. That's right. I teamed up with the Big Play Store for an exclusive Padone My Take logo t-shirt. The Big Play Store has a ton of awesome Cleveland designs like retro Browns shirts, the brand new Sexton Sexland t-shirt to rep our Cleveland Cavaliers backcourt. You guys see I got the Big Play shirt on right here. So visit the Big Play Store today by going to bigplay.com and selecting the store button at the top of the page. While you browse all the great designs that the shop has to offer, make sure to snag a Padone My Take logo shirt. Even if you don't, use promo code PADONE for 15% off your entire purchase on the whole store. That's my last name, promo code PADONE at checkout for 15% off your brand new shirt from the Big Play Store. Without further ado, let's do it. Welcome on into Padone My Take, streaming live on BigPlay.com. You could also listen to us on demand, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a ton of ways to tune in with the Big Play shows, the Big Play lineup every week. Thank you guys for hanging out with me tonight. My name is Nick Padone, hanging out with you for the next hour or so. Tough, tough show that we have to do to kick off the night as we had some breaking news come from Cleveland.com right before the show goes on air today that the Cleveland media scene lost a legend today. And that's not a word that is to be thrown around lightly in referring to Joe Tate. And it's insane that the Cavs community, you know, went from Joe Tate, legendary broadcaster, to Fred McLeod, legendary broadcaster. And we happen to lose them both in the same year. It's horrible, horrible stuff, but that's how the world works. I just wanted to put my condolences out to the Tate family, play this highlight for you guys one time, because I can't believe the news that happened today. And it's heartbreaking. Like I said, prayers to the family. Let's just listen. Basketball time at the cube. Bergeau lobbed to LeBron, passed down deep to Damon Jones, out to Booby, three ball, got it! 73-67, timeout Detroit. The Detroit Pistons have been booby-trapped. It's insane. It's insane. You know, whenever the world loses a legend, seems like we've had it tough here in Cleveland, Ohio, man. We go from Michael Stanley earlier this week, rock and roll radio icon here in the city today over to, you know, Joe Tate. It's horrible. I, my, like I said, the only thing that I continue to say is my condolences go out to the family and I, I'm sure they know just how many lives and Cavs fans lives that Joe impacted and entertained throughout the years. And 
the groundwork that he laid for generations to come. We've already seen the first generation, you know, on the radio side with Al, you know, doing the play-by-play on TV now, switch from the radio side after Fred's death. We've seen the first generation of Joe Tate's impact on this community. I just want to play that sound one more time it's it's crazy to listen to because he was a huge you know Cavs fan he started off doing the Indians years and years back and to have him here for that first time through with LeBron that's really where he impacted my life I obviously know he was you know the voice of the miracle of Richfield I Mark Price days I wasn't here for that but he was here for that first LeBron run and as part of what made that so magical it's basketball time at the cube Berjao lob to LeBron pass down deep to Damon Jones out to Booby three ball got it 73-67, timeout Detroit. The Detroit Pistons have been booby-trapped. Brings a smile to my face whenever it comes on. Joe Tate, rest in peace. Thank you for all you've done for my life, for Cavs fans everywhere, and for the media industry in general. But the show must go on, right? Dak Prescott, because we have some NFL news. We have some Browns news that's going to pertain to our Cleveland Browns. Dak Prescott inked a huge, massive deal. We're going to talk Browns. We're going to talk NFL. If you have a question, I have the Periscope pulled up. Drop a question. We have tweets in the hopper waiting for questions to get answered. So excited to talk some Browns with you guys because Dak's deal Took me by surprise. I didn't think, I'll be completely honest, I did not think that Jerry Jones was going to get this thing done. I thought this was going to be one of those dreadful situations where Dak was going to leave, it was going to get hostile, it turns into a holdout matter, and then it ends poorly for everybody. I was shocked that Jerry actually paid up. And good for Jerry Jones for doing so. Good for Dak for securing the bag. I, I think it's earned, you know. Something that we're going to talk about here, and there's no better time to do it as we parlay into what this means for the Cleveland Browns, is the fact that, you know, the old saying always holds true. You're only worth what somebody's willing to pay you. So if somebody's willing to pay you a ton of money, evidently, that's what you're worth. So I don't like doing the whole argument of, well, did the Dallas Cowboys overpay for Dak? Same thing with when Baker inevitably signs his long-term deal here in Cleveland. Oh, did the Browns pay too much for Baker? Now you can't afford pieces on the defensive side of the ball. Now you have to sacrifice pieces here and there. A few things hold true with this conversation. One being that the reason why you hoard money as an NFL team is so when the time comes, when you finally land that franchise quarterback, which outside of winning a Super Bowl, NFL teams have two goals. Main goal, win a Super Bowl. If you're not actively seeking that goal, your secondary goal is to find a franchise quarterback to lead you to that Super Bowl. So... 
when you hoard up all this money in the down years that you're bad and Browns fans like myself, people that follow the team closely know it better than anyone that hoarding all that money and winning the salary cap championship, if that's what you want to call it every season, doesn't really equate to much on the field. Like, yes, we have $30 million do the Jacksonville Jaguars to spend this off season, but what did it do for you besides getting you the number one overall pick? So here's the conversation that we're going to have today. It's only a matter of time at this point that the 2018 quarterback class will be up for their contact contract renewal. Now we've learned the figures of the fifth year options today. It's based on a Pro Bowl rating. So Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, those guys are going to be due a little bit more money than Baker Mayfield, who will be owed $18 million once the Browns pick up his fifth year option in May. We know for a fact the team intends on doing so. It's just a you know matter of fact you know, situational thing until the Browns get that done. It's going to happen. But at some point, the Browns, Andrew Barry, Paul D. Podesta, Kevin Stefanski, if he has a say in this type of things, will sit down with Baker, with Baker's agent, and say, man, hey, it's time to have this conversation about keeping you in Cleveland long term. The same thing that happened in Dallas. My question to you, and I posed this on our Twitter, at PadoneMyTake, you could tweet me at NickPadone12, do you have any reservations at all about giving Baker Mayfield that big contract this offseason? And as I was thinking about this, because I feel like it's a conversation that isn't quite being had enough. We've seen Andrew Barry get in front of some of these big contracts. He knew he was going to have to pay Miles Garrett to a gigantic deal. He stepped in front of that ball and did it right off rip, you know, two summers early. Same with Kareem Hunt. He realized that that was the identity of the team, that Kevin Stefanski wanted to have a run first offense. So he went ahead and just extended Kareem Hunt last season. So Kareem is here to stay as well. Now we start to look to the 2018 draft. Guys like Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, eventually Wyatt Teller, all pieces that are going to be up for a big contact contract extension at some point. I wonder if that doesn't happen this summer, this offseason. Get it out of the way now when the cap space is low. And there's obviously pros and cons to this. Pros being that if Baker Mayfield accepts a low ball contract offer after winning his first playoff game in the NFL, the first for the Browns in quite some time, to be the franchise QB of these this team for the next four or five years until the next contract... Obviously, the pros there are if you win a Super Bowl with Baker on a discount, you look pretty smart for getting it out of the way now. The cons for doing it are if Baker Mayfield is Jared Goff and Marcus Mariota and not, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, then you're in a little bit of a rock and a hard place. Am I right? Because then you gave this guy all the money in the world and maybe you shouldn't have. Again, this is all... It all varies because the, look at Kirk Cousins. Let's take Kirk Cousins for an example. Nobody in their right mind thought Kirk Cousins was deserving of that deal. 
Yet it has it really hurt Minnesota besides this season that has just passed. They were always in the thick of playoff races. Were were they not? They were able to afford Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, a formidable defense that for a few years featured Xavier Rhodes and Everson Griffin more recently, some big pieces up front. I don't think the big contract right away is necessarily a bad thing when we're talking about the idea of extending Baker, getting it done for potentially cheaper. And to answer my own question, and I want you guys to vote weigh in as well on Twitter at Padone My Take. Do you have any reservations about getting this contract for Baker Mayfield done as early as this season? I'm going to have to say no. I don't really have any reservations to keep Baker in town for that much longer. We've seen AB do this where he gets in front of these big signings. The salary cap is down this year. I, that, that's the you know argument that a lot of people are making. Like, well, no, obviously you can't pay him all that money this year. That's this year. That's a one-off thing where the COVID-19 pandemic impacted the NFL. We know it definitely impacted ticket sales. You weren't able to have sold out stadiums. It impacted all of that in a weird way that we've never seen before. And hopefully, knock on wood here in the Big Play studio, we'll never see again in our lifetimes. However, the salary cap is going to boom after this year. There's talks of this. I don't know if any of you guys have seen any of this stuff. The NFL is in talks. Who knows how serious these talks are or ever get. I feel like this stuff happens from time to time. Are in talks with Amazon to give them the exclusive rights for the Amazon Prime streaming service. You know, to stream NFL games on Amazon video. Well, Amazon has all the money in the world. So if Amazon is going to be that big of a media partner, media buyer in the NFL's product for the rights, that salary cap is going to skyrocket. That paired with the fact of the obvious, of the Browns fan in me, and and that I know and I think at least all the people watching, listening on demand for free on Apple Pods and Spotify are thinking the same thing. And that's that we all expect Baker Mayfield to get exponentially better after this season. We saw what he was capable of his rookie year. We we knew that guy was capable of being a franchise quarterback. Then the Freddie Kitchens era just ruins everything. Baker regressed. The team as a whole looked awful. Things went down south really fast. But then we saw this last year. Where Kevin Stefanski, after that bye week, something happened where it clicked. Baker settled into the offense, even without Odell Beckham Jr. He began throwing touchdown passes again. He was zipping the ball down the field. It seemed like the accuracy was back. So if we all think that Baker Mayfield is going to get exponentially better from what we just witnessed this year in the two playoff games against Pittsburgh and Kansas City, you could really say two playoff games against Pittsburgh because he had the win the first game in Week 17 to get in, and then an impressive performance against the Kansas City Chiefs where Baker was undoubtedly the best player on the field for the Browns that day. And we hope and we think that another year, another offseason with hopefully normal OTAs and a normal summer training camp, that this guy is going to learn and settle into the offense even better. 
Guys, he's only going to get better from here. That Baker contract is going to be expensive. I know nationally, nationally, you could flip on you know, the big names, first take. You could flip on Skip Bayless. Obviously, don't ever flip on Colin Coward if you want to hear an objective Baker Mayfield take. And all those guys are talking about Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and rightfully so. At this point, those are the two accomplished players over Baker Mayfield. Baker has, in my opinion, the tools to be as good as those guys, but Lamar won an MVP. It took him three seasons, but now Lamar has won a playoff game. Josh Allen, again, had a breakout two seasons Use Stefan Diggs as that primary target and cracked an AFC championship game this year as a dark horse MVP candidate. They've accomplished more than Baker, but I'm so excited and so curious to see the leap because nationally, all the buzz is in the AFC at least is around the contracts of Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. Those are the two golden boys from the 2018 draft class that are due up for big paydays come next year after this fifth year option. But hold up a second. I wouldn't be too surprised if Baker is the guy that takes ends up walking away with more money. It all depends on this year. If Baker does what we all want him to do and we all think he's capable of doing and lead the Browns to the promised land, to the Super Bowl, a place that they've never been, let alone ever won, I think we're having a very, very different conversation come this time next year about Baker Mayfield getting a bigger contract than what Dak Prescott just signed. And I know it's crazy to talk about, it's crazy to think about, but with that continuity with Kevin Stefanski, with another offseason, with nine draft picks, I know everybody wants a defensive heavy draft. We're going to get to some of that in your guys' Browns questions at My Take on Twitter. Tweet me at NickPadone12. They're going to add some offense too, and I think that's going to really help Baker. I don't think Baker would do it now. That's how I want to turn this conversation on its head. And I hate doing stuff like this because it creates such a mental like cinder block where it's like, man, it makes all the sense in the world. Extend Baker now. It would be the best for the team. I don't know if Andrew Barry and his team sat down with Baker Mayfield and his team that that's a feasible thing that would be done now. And that, that sucks to say, but Baker's the type of dude that's going to bet on himself until the very bitter end. He likes to be the underdog. We, we, we know all the fancy catch tags around Baker Mayfield. I don't think if the Browns wanted to, they could extend Baker this offseason. I think he wants that chance to play in an AFC championship game as a Brown, to perhaps play in a Super Bowl as a Cleveland Brown, and absolutely when that cap space goes up next year again, and if that Amazon deal gets done, and all the other ways that the NFL finds ways to keep this cap situation just stacking on top of itself year in and year out in years that aren't in the midst of a global pandemic... I think Baker knows that, he realizes that, and the year after next, he is going to be highly, highly paid. That gives them some money, though, to work around for this year. So obviously, they're just going to pick up the fifth-year option. That seems to be the way that things are leaning in the matter that the Browns are just easily going to you know, say, hey, we're going to have another year, fifth-year option is picked up. 
see how it goes. Talk about this contract extension next year. That gives the Browns some money to work with. We've seen the tweets. It's been all over social media today. About $25 million in that ballpark of spending cash for this upcoming free agency class. They did just release yesterday Adrian Claiborne, veteran defensive end. A little bit of a surprising move to be the first cap casualty was Adrian Claiborne. Not to bore you here with Brown's depth chart talk, but that is a deep room. You know, they have Joe Jackson, who wasn't active much, let alone did he, he did not play much at defensive end. Huge six foot four frame. Feels like that's a guy that they're confident in if they let Adrian Claiborne walk his depth. They tendered Porter Gustin before the move to let go of Adrian Claiborne, so we know Porter Gustin is going to be some good depth. He stepped up in some big spots for the Browns in relief, especially in spell of Miles Garrett when he was dealing with COVID-19. And then um, Curtis Weaver, we can't forget about him, fifth-round pick from Miami, who's going to be playing his rookie year last next year after he had a you know freak accident, a freak injury that left him out in training camp, and the Dolphins just up and cut him. Andrew Barry claimed him. Curtis Weaver is another name that Browns fans forget about. So Adrian Claiborne, it was a surprise initially, but really it wasn't. Saves the Browns about $3 million in cap space. But by picking up these fifth-year options of Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, which is something that's going to happen here in the coming months, the Browns have some wiggle room. And I see the tweets. Every free agent that gets cut, whether it's offense, defense, linebacker, defensive end, Emmanuel Sanders gets cut today, you see the Browns fans saying, Andrew Barry, pick up the phone. Let's go get him. Kenny Galladay, you know, let's go get him. Imagine that offense. Three-star receivers, Odell, Kenny Galladay, Jarvis, bring back Hollywood. I see those tweets. They have 25 million, guys. They're they're going to spend the money. They're looking to spend the money. You can't do so until March 17th when that new league year opens. I talked about my targets already. Who do you guys want? Tweet me at NickPadone12. Tweet the show at PadoneMyTake. It's going to be exciting to see who they land. Obviously, now that this franchise tag window is closed up here, Carl Lawson didn't get the tag. Trey Hendrickson from the Saints did not get the tag either. Two big defensive pieces that would definitely help the Browns. We're going to get to your guys' Cleveland Browns offense, um, defense, special teams. You guys had a ton of questions. We're going to be answering them on Twitter at Padone My Take. Tweet me at Nick Padone 12. More importantly, on Twitter right now. Our poll is up. Do you have any reservations about giving Baker Mayfield a big payday right now? This summer, if you have the ability to do it, would you pay Baker his big money right now? That poll is up on Twitter. Up next, we update that poll. We answer your Cleveland Browns questions. So much more. You guys got to go vote, though. Make sure you go handle that. You're listening to Padone My Take on BigPlay.com. My name is Nick Padone. Stick with me. Alrighty, welcome on back in Padone My Take, streaming live on BigPlay.com. Thank you all for hanging out with us. If you're just joining the show, my name is Nick Padone, hanging out with you guys until around the 9 o'clock hour. So much fun we've had so far. We were talking about Dak Prescott's big contract, his big payday. What is that going to mean for Baker Mayfield and our Cleveland Browns? We have a poll up on Twitter at Padone My Take. 
Would you give Baker Mayfield that big payday? The results are in. Obviously, you guys still have time to go vote on the poll. 43% of people said I would extend him now. 74% of you guys are with me. You're willing to give Baker that boat of confidence. Get that contract underway. Love to see it. 26% of you guys are saying you wouldn't extend him yet. I hear that too. Make sure to make your voice heard. There's 43 votes so far. At Pedome, my take is the way to do so. 74% of people are with me. They're extending Baker. 26% of you guys said you wouldn't do so quite yet. We do have some breaking news on the show. Give me two one more time because... Breaking news on Podomai Take. The Cavs are planning to sign guard Quinn Cook to a 10-day contract. Sources tell ESPN's Brian Windhorst. Quinn Cook, who got his NBA start with the Cavs G League with the Canton Charge, played 16 games for the Los Angeles Lakers earlier this season. This is something that I called on my Twitter feed a while ago, and I see some people already in the Twitterverse showing me some love. Quinn Cook was cut by the Lakers and what they had to do to get some center depth after the Anthony Davis injury. Bringing Quinn Cook back on a 10-day contract is going to bode very well for this Cavs group. We see what happens when Colin Sexton and Darius Garland aren't on the floor. There's just no ball handlers. We don't know the extent of Darius Garland's injury that he sustained in the last game before the All-Star break. If the Cavs are bringing in Quinn Cook... I don't know what that means. Perhaps maybe not good immediate news for Darius and his return to play. I think that's very smart, though, because I think Quinn Cook, after you do the, they're, they're going to do the 10-day thing and then another 10-day and then hopefully sign Quinn Cook to an extension. I think that could be very smart. He's a championship pedigree player. Feels so weird to say because that guy couldn't even make our G League team in 2016, 17, 18 when LeBron was here, when Quinn Cook was in Canton on those two-way deals, now back with the Cavs. That brings a huge smile to my face because I think that was a move that really needed to be done. I called my shot on it weeks ago on Twitter at NickPadone12 that that's something that needed to happen. The Cavs had to find a way to bring back Quinn Cook to be a key depth piece for this team. Always fun. How about this? To break some news on the show too. But that's a much-needed signing. That makes my heart happy. I'm a Quinn Cook fan. I, I know it's weird. Like, There's no reason if you're a supporter of the Cavs to go out and buy a Quinn Cook jersey. The guy's a backup point guard. He's going to play in the teens minutes per night. But when you're looking at lineups you know, with, with no Colin and no Darius, there's just a whole lot of Damian Dotson dribbling the ball off of his foot. So to see you know, the Cavs be active in this and have Kobe Altman be active to go out there and grab a guy that he probably let go when he shouldn't have when LeBron was in town, a guy that's won a championship with Golden State, I believe, that's you know, played with LeBron in L.A., I think that's a huge signing for the Cavs that might fly under the radar now, but when we're watching Cavs games this coming week post-All-Star break, we could see Quinn Cook doing some stuff and be like, man, that Nick Padone kid on the podcast was right. Thanks, guys, for hanging out. We got to swing back into this Cleveland Browns talk because I promised you guys 
some questioning and answers and you guys provided the questions i got the answers i'm pulling them up here as always if you have a question feel free just drop it right into the stream i'll try to get to that we're gonna start right at the top on twitter at Pedomai take dollar dog nick tweets the show and says with olivier vernon being injured and adrian claiborne getting cut how will the browns bolster their defensive line more through free agency, the draft, or via trade? Nick, thanks for tweeting the show. That's a great question. I think it's going to be a combination of free agency and the draft. I don't think Andrew Barry is going to go trade happy, especially at that position. I I don't think there's a guy out there that Andrew Barry is going to be like, I have to have, I'm going to have, you know, give up picks. We got to remember, even though Andrew Barry has impressed us and we've learned that he is everything that Sashi Brown is not, he is still very, very much operates under an analytical approach. And that's not a bad thing. We've learned that that could be a good thing, but they value those draft picks and that draft capital like gold. It's going to be very few and far in between where we see the Browns shell out meaningful draft picks for impact players. They did it right before the season to acquire starting safety Ronnie Harrison for a fourth round pick. That seemed to be a smart move. Of course, you know, the Browns would have had 10 draft picks had they not done so. They still have nine. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing a move being done via trade. I just don't think it's likely. I think via the draft, Everybody's saying linebacker at 26. A few people have moved on to corner at 26. I think defensive end is very well in play. The the kid from Georgia, Olijari or what Olijari, he could play at defensive end. Quiddy Pay, if he falls to 26, you guys are gonna hate me for saying it. From Michigan, from that team up north. If he falls to 26, he's another dude that could play. Interested to see how that shakes out answer your question though nick i'm gonna say it's going to be a hybrid of addressing that starting role through free agency and through the draft we know for a fact this has been reported this is out there they're after some big name targets at defensive end they're in on carl lawson that's they're in on trey hendrickson both of those big free agents are guys that they're interested in they have shown interest in von miller obviously he has connections here because of his personal relationships with miles with odell with baker so i think it'll be a hybrid i think they'll try to land a big name bigger name guy via free agency and if the price tags aren't there i think they'll be plenty fine doing so through the draft Great, great question there. Josh tweets the show and says, what is one free agent you have to get? That's tough. That's really tough because I have one free agent on each side of the ball that the Browns have to get. I'll start with offense, and it's a free agent that you don't have to get because he's already in-house. I've talked about this on the program since season end. You have to find a way to keep Rashard Hollywood Higgins in a Browns uniform. That's a huge offseason key for me moving forward. And I know it's a huge loaded wide receiver stacked free agency class. You have Kenny Galladay available, Juju Smith-Schuster, Brashad Perriman is on the market, Chris Godwin just got tagged, so he won't be a free agent. There's a ton of names that are out there. All of them are bigger names than Richard Hollywood Higgins. I try to see if he could do another one to two year contract, keep that guy in Cleveland for a little bit longer. 
I, I know Kevin Stefanski was maybe a little bit disappointed in him or whatever when he gave that quote that we t- instruct our players to not do that about reaching the ball over the play, you know, the pylon and fumbling out the back of the end zone in the Chiefs game. Seemed like there was some disappointment there. I really hope that's a free agent signing that they could get done. I think Hollywood means so much to this team. He's such a reliable option. I'd hate to see him go. Obviously, if he goes, the Browns aren't going to just leave that unfilled. They have faith in Donovan Peoples-Jones. They have faith you know, that they could develop some guys in the pipeline. Obviously, the draft is another thing. This is going to be a scorching hot take and some people are going to turn me off. It'll be another one of those. We'll circle back to it and I'll say, I told you so. The Browns are going to draft a wide receiver in the top 100 this upcoming draft. That's just something that I truly believe in my heart of hearts is going to happen due to the contracts and the age and the injury history now with Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. They're going to take another young receiver early on in this draft. If we lose Higgins, not all is lost, but that's one free agent that I have to have. Another, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball, much more important. I think Carl Lawson is the no-brainer. Talked about him a little bit last week. 25 years old. When when do you see an above-average pass rusher hit the market at 25 years old? I think that's something that you have to get done if you're the Browns. Obviously, if you miss out on him, there are some other options. I think as long as they walk away with one of the one of their choices of guys, whatever money amount fits their model better, whether, whether it be a Bud Dupree, who I'm not too crazy about, a Trey Hendrickson. Obviously, I want Carl Lawson. I think that defensive end position is one that needs to be addressed because we've seen so many times the only way possibly I'm almost willing to say to beat Patrick Mahomes is with pressure. If you could pressure him, you can beat Patrick Mahomes. If the Browns do want to accomplish their goals and dreams of making a Super Bowl within the next 10 years, you're going to have to get past Patrick Mahomes. I think you do so with pressure. You're damn close with Miles Garrett. You add a guy like Carl Lawson with that, and now you're looking scary. That's a guy that I'm definitely going over. Mark T tweets the show, and this is a great question from Mark, and definitely something less serious. You get to take a trip down memory lane, and I want you guys to weigh in on this as well. Tweet the show at Take. Tweet me at NickPadone12. What was one of your favorite plays from this season? That's another good one. I'll go with my favorite play. Of this season, it, it had to have been the Odell jet sweep, right? As badly as I want to say Big Ben, f- you know, f- throwing the ball through the back of the end zone and all the turnovers in that game and all of Miles Garrett's strip sacks for out, throughout the year, the Browns throughout that first half of the Cowboys game were great. It seemed like it was the team we had hoped for that they turned the corner and then defensively they almost gave the game away after Nick Chubb went down and then Odell just took over and won us that game. That was the moment that I was waiting for ever since we traded for Odell Beckham Jr. That was an awesome play. I was so happy that they called that end around that he took to the house. 
A few runners up, though. Literally any game from any play from the Titans game. You know, a friend of show, Kendall Lamb, having a big man touchdown in the end zone. That's an awesome, memorable play. Donovan Peoples Jones, 75 yard touchdown grab. Whenever you get those long touchdowns, like that always gets me going. That's always kind of exciting for me. What else? I guess Sheldrick Redwine's interception in the in the Pittsburgh game just because I'm such like a cult fan of Sheldrick Redwine. Those are probably my three favorite, but I think overall, like when I look back at this Brown season, obviously the play the playoff game in Pittsburgh is gonna be its own memory that's going to be locked into my brain until the day that I leave this earth. But outside of that, regular season-wise, I got to go with that Odell end-around play. That was the fastest that I've ever seen anyone move on a football field. And the fact that it was in such a big moment to win the game, that's my favorite play of the season. What's yours? Send me it on Twitter. So many to choose from. Logan, in parentheses, Logan has Stefanski season in his Twitter name. How likely are the Browns to go after Anthony Harris? Logan, appreciate the question. I think it's a good question. I think that Anthony Harris thing still exists because of the Kevin Stefanski connection, right? Because Kevin Stefanski was in Minnesota. Anthony Harris is in Minnesota. We know that he's a free agent. I'm going to say, Logan, that that's less than likely to happen. Not likely at all. I think the Browns are comfortable with where they are at at the safety position. I know I'm comfortable with where the Browns are at as it pertains to the safety position. You have Grant Delpit, who looks healthy by all accounts, on his Instagram page. He's back to running on a treadmill uh, after rupturing his Achilles a few months back in training camp. That's huge good news for the Browns. You also have Sheldrick Redwine, who is good just rotational depth, whether you believe he's a box safety, free safety conversation to be had for a different day. And then you traded a fourth round pick for Ronnie Harrison, who I think they were really impressed with. I know personally I was really impressed with. I personally, a piece of the defense pending Browns free agent that I would try to pick back up would be Carl Joseph. Like if he was willing to do another same exact contract that he signed, a cheap one-year deal to be some depth behind Ronnie Harrison, that's something that I would consider doing. I hear the the argument for Anthony Harris, I do, because of the two-deep safety look that beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl that, you know, Todd Bowles and the Tampa Bay Bucks were able to throw at Andy Reid and the Chiefs, I just don't think it's likely because the Anthony Harris price tag is going to be a lot. And even though the Browns had $25 million to spend this offseason, I I just can't see Anthony Harris fitting that model of safety when we kind of have starting safeties in position. You see what I'm getting at here? Like, I don't think Anthony Harris would really beat out Grant Delpit. I think they have that confidence left in him. And this is a team that has nine draft picks. Like in the fifth, sixth, fourth round, they could very well draft a safety if they're not 110% confident in Grant Delpit, which they're probably not. Great question. I don't think Anthony Harris is going to happen. Sam tweets the show and says, which linebacker are you ready to hand $12 million to? I think that's a joke. I think people on Twitter are kind of know that I'm in the camp of I think you could win with below average linebacker pay. I would have paid Levante David $12 million a year. Obviously, that's not happening. That situation is over and done with. He re-signs in Tampa Bay. 
I'll be honest with you guys. And, and this is coming from me, who was critical of our linebacking group from training camp, the, the little training camp that existed due to the pandemic. Browns need some help at linebacker. They do. The, you Just lack of talent at the position was evident. The lack of speed at the position was really evident as we crept throughout the season. But I think you could get by with just average linebacker play i think you have an average linebacker in jacob phillips who i hope is the starting middle linebacker next year go back and watch that first Steelers game with jp starting at mid linebacker it went really well that was the best that the linebackers looked all season long I like him. I like Sione Takitaki on surefire rundowns. I gave you guys the stat ad nauseum this season. Pro Football Focus at one point graded Takitaki just a few points behind Bobby Wagner on rundowns. So if that's a guy that I definitely like to keep, other than that, you're going to need some help. They're going to draft some help. They're going to sign some you know lower end targets. But really, look up some of these free agent linebackers. There's not any true linebackers that it's like, wow, I have to have. Like Shaq Barrett, for some reason, is listed as a linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. He's an edge rusher. Same with Bud Dupree. Those guys aren't covering the field like Levante David, like what the Browns need. I think you're more likely to draft, you know, a speedy guy after the first into the second and third rounds that could play that role for you. I just don't think $12 million is a price tag that a team with only $25 million is going to be willing to shell out for a specific position. While we're on the topic of linebackers, our last question for the mailbag, it appears, comes in, sorry, I already clicked off your name here, comes in from C. Gene at big underscore Clee. Thoughts on Zayvon Collins. I like Zayvon Collins. If I was the GM of the Browns, I've watched the Zayvon Collins tape. If it were me that was running the show, which again, as I always say, Disclaimer, be glad that it's not me that's running the show. And Zayvon Collins was there with pick number 26. I'd probably just do it. I, I think 26 doesn't have the same value as 10, as 8, as 12, as obviously 1 and 4, as the Brown, you know, picks that the Browns have had in seasons past. I don't think it carries the same kind of gusto punch as it used to so spending the 26th pick on a guy that you could hope to be a high-end linebacker I think it bodes well I would probably do it I don't think Andrew Barry does it I think the second third round is more likely to see a linebacker happen but I like Zayvon Collins I think he's everything that the Browns are going to look for this offseason in a linebacker in the sense of he's fast he could hit and he could run. They're looking to upgrade on speed. That's a trend that you guys are going to notice as we progress through this offseason. Great questions. Great questions on Twitter. Appreciate everybody throughout the week that sent those in at Pedone My Take. Feel free to always tweet the show at Pedone My Take. Huge thanks to everybody for hanging out. I know we're going to cut it a little bit short here. What a fantastic hour that this has been. 
Huge thanks to my guys at the Big Play Store, Cody Dog, awesome artist from the Ohio area. Make sure to give them a follow at Big Play Store while you're there. Scoop up some merch, Big Play merch, Padone My Take merch. You can't go wrong. Use promo code Padone. That's my last name, Padone, for 15% off your entire purchase. Next Wednesday night, same bat time, same bat channel. We do this all again. Go live your life. Go have some fun. You deserve it so much. Do so safely. As the great Joe Tate used to say, good night, everyone. It's basketball time at the cube. Bergeau lobbed to LeBron, pass down deep to Damon Jones, out to Booby, three ball, got it! 73-67, timeout Detroit. The Detroit Pistons have been booby-trapped.